The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. And our guest today is something of a rebel. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. And this is episode 94, how to communicate the impact you're here to make. So let's get back to our guest. Michelle Mazur is a messaging expert who works with changemakers and disruptors and business owners, or we could just say people who are shaking things up, but are having trouble talking about it in a way that resonates with their audience. She combines the tools of successful social movements with the qualitative research skills that she earned in her communications PhD to help us craft our powerful and unique and captivating messages. Now, she is the author of one of my favorite books, The Three Word Rebellion, and she's also the host of the Rebel Uprising podcast. Now, as you're going to hear in this conversation, Michelle describes her mission as helping changemakers who are doing excellent work, helping them to get seen and hired. Now, she knows that in the marketplace, there are so many of us, so many experts who are overlooked, who are passed over and kind of ignored in favor of people that have less experience and expertise but you know they're great at marketing. So why are these people getting overlooked? Well, because they don't know how to communicate their value and promote their expertise. And she wants to put an end to that. And as she says, flood the market with quality people doing quality work to start to reshape things in the online world. Now, this conversation is absolutely jam-packed full of practical ideas that you can do to help you to find the essence of your own unique message. And Michelle talks about how it's the step that, you know, most of us skip. And then we wonder why it's so hard to generate new leads or to sell our offers, you know, and I know this to be true for my client base. And I'm sure if this hasn't happened to you, it will have happened to people that you know, where, you know, someone spends thousands of dollars on marketing programs that just don't work because at the end of it, they still don't know what to say or how to communicate their value. And I think it's true to say, Michelle is on a mission to help us all understand the real power of messaging when it's done right and the real role that it can play in your business. And she has this vision for a world where the change makers are seen, valued, and hired. And I say, you know, a huge hurrah to that. So I'm really excited to introduce you to Michelle Mazur. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Sacred Change Makers podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's I'm feeling very energetic today. I love it. (laughs) 
Oh, that that bodes well for our conversation then, because I have to tell <laughs> yes. you, I'm really excited about talking to you. Um, and I've read your book, and we're going to get into that. But first, I want to ask you something probably a little bit more intimate in a way, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, our audience have just heard your professional bio. And I'd love to hear something from you in your own words about, you know, who's that real life human that lies behind the bio? Who is she? Yeah. I mean, when I think about my professional bio, it sounds like, oh, a PhD in communication (laughs) and ooh, all of these years of experience and books and podcasts and all the cool things. And I kind of and I came into communication because it was something I sucked at. (laughs) And I mean, no, I was downright terrible at it. And it all started in my freshman year of high school. Maybe I was a sophomore. We were, we had to take like a public speaking class. And I was always one of those kids who was super shy. Like one teacher described me as the shy girl with all the answers. I would never raise my hand. I would never volunteer. So getting up in front of a room to deliver a speech was terrifying. And the boy I liked was in the class. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So it was the worst experience. And I just remember the first speech. It was like, my my palms were sweaty and my knees were literally knocking behind the podium and it was it was terrible but i got through it i got through the class and i got the gentleman's c because i probably shouldn't have gotten a c it was not (laughs) great and it was funny because there was this little voice in my head that just said you know this is a really powerful skill and you need to master it. Mm. And I was like, huh. So I did what most people do when they go out and they suck at something. I decided to do it competitively. So I joined the speech and debate team. (laughs) I don't think most people do do that, Michelle, but yeah. No, (laughs) I don't know how I went from like, wow, I'm terrible at this. I suck. Let's do it competitively. But it was through that speech and debate experience because you're always practicing with your coach and your peer coaches and I would get up at Saturday Saturday morning at 6 a.m. to go to tournaments and speak and get feedback and lose time and time again. And it was literally the best incubator for me to develop my communication skills. So I'm I'm glad I had that naive of like, hey, let's go do something you suck at competitively. And by the end of the school year, it was so amazing because I ended up getting an honorable mention ribbon. And it was like I won the freaking lottery because I was like, oh, wow, I have made so much progress this year to actually get an honorable mention. (laughs) So that that was my journey. It just was it was funny how I just knew that, yes, this was the skill that I needed to master. And I just went about it in the most audacious way possible. (laughs) Now, you know what I love about you and your work, right? So it started way back in high school. But somehow, I know just intuitively, you weren't taught in high school what it is you teach today. So how did you go from like the speaking and debate society to this really powerful place where you are today with Three Word Rebellion, where you've really shaped it and made it your own? 
Yeah, I mean, I think part of it comes from my background, because one of the things that speech and debate led me to is like, when you're on the debate team in college, you're in the communication department a lot. And so my my major was communication, but all of the professors knew me really well. And one night I was, it was after practice, I was sitting in the hallway and one of the professors, Dr. Pamela Cobflesh came up to me and I've never had a class with Pam ever. Like she just kind of knew me by recognition reputation. And she's like, Hey, Michelle, do you have a few minutes to talk to me? I'm like, sure. And I go sit in her office and she's like, so have you thought about graduate school? I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, I, she's like, I really think you should get your master's degree in communication. And here's why. And she made the case for it. And I'm like, Oh, so I, it, I took it to heart. And I was like, I do love this. I, I love, I, I love being a part of this department department and I was like so I decided to apply and the great thing about graduate school is you really get to learn the different theories of communication how the how the brain processes messages um, persuasion and so through the master's degree and then the eventual PhD I was able to gather all of this knowledge and I had it like stored in my head and eventually when I got to the point where I decided to leave academia and I went into, I went into corporate, I did market research for five or six years. Um, one of my friends said to me, you know, you have all of this great information about communication in your head. You need to do something with it, like start a blog, start something and share what you already know, what you're an expert in. And that's what led me to having the business that I have today. And it's interesting because like the three word rebellion is based on several different communication theories that I've had rolling around in my head because there's the, I took a social movement theory class in graduate school, but then there's some like message processing stuff that comes in. And so for me, I what ended up happening as a researcher, I spot patterns like I see things and I make connections. And with the three word rebellion, I was like, oh, you know, what's really interesting. Social movements communicate the change they want to create really well in just a few words, whether it's Black Lives Matter, Me Too, Make America Great Again. There's this core message that unites the movement and speaks to the change they want to create. And then I also noticed that the business owners and speakers that I admired, like Simon Sinek and Start With Why and Mel Robbins and the Five Second Rule, they did the exact same thing. They had this core message they were championing that was the change they wanted to create for their people. And in my head, I'm like, whoo, interesting how these two things are similar. And I thought, well, what if I gave social movement questions to my clients to write on about like what change do you want to create what are you rebelling against if they just free like they did some free writing dump their brains onto paper could i help them like unearth what their core message was and luckily i had some clients who were like yeah this sounds fun sign me up we'll do that <laughs> and it actually worked and that was how the three-word rebellion was born it was this ability like all this communication theory that's in my head this ability to spot patterns that i definitely credit to my getting all that education and then being able to be like huh 
let's experiment and see if this could work for people. And what I love is you've brought it to the like the change making society with this social impact element, because there's mm-hmm. no doubt, like you just mentioned, it works really well in like commercial business as well. But mm-hmm. but you've you've kind of put this kind of texture on it that let's kind of use it as a force for good. Right. That's kind of how I I interpret what you do. And for me, you know, there are a lot of people in this world that would have gone a different way and kind of, you know, they they might have gone to, you know, advertising or something like that with this knowledge. But you stayed in this space. And what I love about this three word rebellion and really aligns with some of my work as well is this idea that you're creating a movement right? Mm -hmm. Which is where I'm intrigued with the social movement theory piece, but you're creating a movement with just three words, (laughs) which is fascinating. So one of the things that I know from my clients is when they first go into business, messaging isn't always the first thing they think about. So I'd love you to just kind of, you know, riff off this a little bit and, and explain why it's important and what the difference is by creating a three-word rebellion and that attractive, engaging, clear, because it feels like a clear tone to me whenever Mm -hmm. I hear one. Like, why is that? Make the case for us. Why is that something that people should be doing? Yeah, it's so interesting thinking about messaging because in my time at corporate, I did a lot of message testing and advertising tracking studies. Like I did a huge message testing study for the rollout of Xbox One. It was super secret. And Microsoft literally spent millions of dollars to make sure the message they rolled out would be successful, would, you know, blow away the expectations they had for the launch of that product. And I always like, corporations know that messaging is important. And then I get into this online business world. And what I'm seeing there, it's like, all right, people are creating an offer, a business model, right? And yes, that is foundational. You should be doing that first thing because, you know, your business's job is to bring in revenue (laughs) into into your world, right? That's what your business's job is. So you need to have some type of offer that does that. And then what I would see is that people would skip that messaging step Mm -hmm. and they would go straight into marketing. And I think this is where a lot of bro marketers kind of slipped in and started all of this manipulative marketing. Because if you do not have a solid message, if you don't understand how to lead your people from not knowing you at all to being intrigued, to be to like wanting to be a part of the business and what you're creating, then you have to rely on things like scarcity and social proof, authority and liking and all of those triggers that are so easily manipulated and when I first entered online business I was like oh (laughs) this is weird and also oh I guess this is how we do it here I remember being on a training once and the guy was like oh don't worry like if you don't really have any expertise in what you're selling um all you need is a rags to riches story and I was like oh this seems a little (laughs) problematic to me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And if you don't have a rags to riches story, just kind of exaggerate something that happened to you. Mm. And I'm like, I like this does not sit well with me. But the thing was, is that people didn't weren't working on their messaging. And so they would do all the techniques, use the templates, and then things wouldn't work. Mm. Or they would work, but they'd feel bad about it. Because, yeah, like, I don't want to be that kind of marketer. So for me, that's where kind of the three word rebellion and all of the messaging work I do do fit fits into the big picture. It's about, you know, yes, the three word rebellion is a great way to get people's attention, a, a great way to build your audience, build your movement. And then what it what it needs to do after that like you have their attention how are we leading people to the work you do how are we building an argument and then giving people their own agency to make the decision about whether it's right for them whether it's wrong for them so that's for me the beauty part of the beautiful part of messaging is that you get to make the case and then your potential client gets to decide. Yeah. And what I love about it, you know, when I think about my own work, like I can witter on for ages, right? And mm-hmm. I notice a lot of entrepreneurs do that, right? Yeah. We kind of like say like, well, what do you do? Well, I do this and this and this. And like it all just kind of tumbles out. And that's kind of easy to do. But what's not easy, I know is finding those three words because that's like the ultimate in editing down to the real essence of who you are and what you do. And what I love is how authentic it is. When you find those three words, it's like, yes. It's like a big yes in my body, not just in my like head. Mm -hmm. And it also acts like a North Star, right? Doesn't it? It's like keeping you in alignment with what matters most. So, I mean, what are you, how, how can we help our listeners like really understand how important this, the brevity of the message is? Yeah. I mean, so part of me is going into like the social science research space <laughs> and it's just like our brains can't hold very much information. Right. So, it's easy for us to remember three words. It's really hard for people to remember, I help X do Y so they can Z. Like no one is going to remember that, but three words can be sticky and captivating and make us want to know more. But it it is difficult to distill your message into those three words, but it's worth it because of that North Star quality, because of the focus it gives people. And I was recently um, recording an episode of my podcast where I had, you know, former clients and people who've read the book come on and just talk about what their three word rebellion did for their business. And for so many of them, it was like, oh, well, it gave me a focus to come back to mm-hmm. like, am I mean, basically, it's like, am I staying on my message mm-hmm. or not? And so that three word rebellion was so powerful for the focus. It also let them like iterate business models. I mean, it was kind of crazy to see what happened, but that focus was so powerful. And then they just knew what to say in their messaging. Because I think that's the hardest part when it comes to marketing is sitting down and, 
you don't know what to say to get people to be like, oh, I think I might have the problem or, oh, I think I might need your work. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, I completely agree. And I know in my own experience, I can completely say that that was my experience too. Is like, I've got my own little three word rebellion now. And when I mention soul business revolution to people, it's like their eyes light up. Whereas before I'd got that, those three words, like I would just talk about what was important and mm -hmm. I, people would just glaze over right, and not know it. And so what's interesting that I'm finding is people are finding their own interpretation in just those three words. And mm -hmm. then I'm like learning how to kind of align with that as well. So it really resonates with my market in a way that I quite honestly have been quite astonished by. So mm -hmm. we've got all our listeners now, right? They're listening to this. They're probably thinking, okay, what's mine? Like what's my mm -hmm. three word rally? So what kind of questions can people ask themselves to really help facilitate this thinking? Yeah. So the process that I use and the book talks about is free writing. Cause I really believe that we tend to stay really up in our heads about our message. Right. We think about it, we roll things over in our mind, but we never go through the act of actually like putting it down on paper and just letting it be messy. Mm -hmm. And that's what free writing is great for because you start writing and the goal is to not stop. So that is the mission, start writing and do not stop. But the questions I ask are divided into two camps because social movements are always asking questions about, you know, what's wrong with the status quo? So what are you rebelling against is one of the core questions. And, you know, if you're free writing, you might go out on, you know, like I'm rebelling against cleaning my cat's litter box and it's fine to write that, but making sure it goes back into the work that you're meant to be doing is key, right. but sometimes it helps to go into those different areas. So that is one set of questions about, yeah, what are you rebelling against? And then the second set, which people struggle with more than I would have thought, is about articulating what is the change you want to create? What kind of world do you want to live in? And it's interesting because I think we get, get so stuck in the how to do something instead of like the what if that we censor ourselves and the, doing the free writing for the three word rebellion is not about censoring ourselves. It's about being able to dream big and just write out what it is that we want to see in the world. How do we want our industries to be different? How do we want other people's lives to be different because of our work? Mm, yeah. And that, see, as you're opening up these questions, I'm just thinking, exactly what you said in a way like I find it really easy to say what I rebel against because it's almost like the bad news that we're indoctrinated into but mm -hmm. then articulating the transformation the change I can see how that would be more challenging for people mm -hmm. and then when I think about them so like the free writing okay so then I've got all this stuff <laughs> now what 
kind of words am I looking for in there? Are there particular words that work better in a three-word rebellion than others? Uh, I don't know. I mean, how do you then start to pare it down? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's a lot of pattern spotting, right? So like one of the things I'm looking for is repetition. Um, Are they using the same word over and over again? Like for what, like one client I had a couple of years ago, she used the word joy, like, 50, 60 times in her free writing. (laughs) And I was like, well, this seems to be really important. And she's like, oh, I didn't realize that was. Like, you said it a whole lot. (laughs) Yes, very important for your work. Um, so so, So I look for that repetition. I also look for action verbs. Verbs are very important, especially if you want kind of a battle cry, three word rebellion. Mm. I'm also looking for just like interesting turns of phrase because sometimes right. there's just like an interesting thought or we say something in a way that's just like, ah, that's kind of neat. That makes me stop and think for a moment. So I'm looking for the, it's almost like when I'm reading um, free writing, it's like, I am looking for those pattern disruptors, like that repetition, that standout verb that makes me go, huh, that turn of phrase that's like, ooh, that's, that could be something. And that's really, so it's, it's kind of an art and a science of finding those words. But what I love about it is those are words you're, you actually use, right? right? You are already saying these things because I really do believe like your three word rebellion already exists. Mm. It's just buried under a lot of other words and phrases that need to be kind of cleared out for you to see it. And I have found three word rebellions in all kinds of places. Like uh, once I found one in the footer of a client's website, (laughs) yeah, I was reading through her website and I was like, oh, that's, that's intriguing. I found one, like one of my clients sent me one of her marketing videos and she just said something as a throwaway phase. And I was like, oh, wait, that's interesting too. (laughs) <laughs> so right. they are in they exist already and it's really that unearthing process in that clarification process of mm. what is what is that three word rebellion which is probably the most challenging part of the process right and it's kind of interesting listening to you talk there cuz you used the word intriguing when you were looking at that client's footer you said that's intriguing mm. and it seems to me there's some element of mystery that comes Mm -hmm. with the three-word rebellion. Because when I hear three-word rebellion, I'm like, okay, what's that? Or I hear start with why. It's like, okay, what's that? It's like, it's not the whole story, but it's enough for me to want to go and find out more. Is that a part of it? Oh, 100%. (laughs) And the funny thing, like in the book, I talk about Mel Robbins and the five second rule and how I was scrolling Facebook one day and I found this video of her talking about how motivation Oh, motivation is crap, basically. (laughs) Like, she doesn't believe in the idea. And so I watched the video and I was like, oh, she's really cool. And then she talked about the five second rule. And I'm like, what is that? Like, should I be following this rule? Is that like when you drop it on the floor? Like, what what is this thing? (laughs) And then I'm Googling it. And then I'm watching a TED talk. And then I'm ordering a book. And I'm just down this rabbit hole to find out what this thing is and how, like, is it useful to my life? And that's what you want. You want people to be like, three-word rebellion, oh, I wonder what mine is, or start with why, what is my why? Or um, 
another example is like profit without worry. Well, that sounds great. How do I do that? Right? So because as soon as they start thinking about themselves, they're kind of hooked in. And they're curious, and they want to know more. And that's really what we need to do to get people's attention is make them think about themselves and want to know more. Yeah. So what kind of like mistakes do you see people making when they're we're in their messaging? Lots of you must see a lot. <laughs> I do. I do. Lots of cliches in messaging, um, especially in coaching. Like, you know, I think the most cliche is like live your best life, take it to the next level. Yeah. Um, find your voice. Yeah. Be, <laughs> be the, change. the change. Be bold. It's all very vague. And I think the thing about messaging is, you know, the three word rebellion like sucks you in and you want to know more. But some of those like live your best life, what happens in your brain is you've seen that before, you know what it means. And you just your brain's like, that's not important. That's not relevant to me. Because right. it doesn't really interrupt that pattern. So, uh, yeah, messaging cliches. Uh, the other thing I see a lot is people who just talk about themselves a lot in messaging. Right. Like, it's all about me, me, my story. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of people who will tell you things like, you are your message. And I'm like, not really. <laughs> <laughs> like, your message needs to be relevant to the people that you're talking to. It needs to be meaningful to them. So yeah, use your story, but make sure you know how that story relates back to the human being on the other end. Because I've been in like rooms, we're watching speeches where people are telling me their story and I'm like, why? are you telling me this? <laughs> what is the point of the story? And you sometimes there isn't one that you can right. discern, but they've been told like, oh, well, you're your message and just tell your story and people will want to work with you. And it's like, no, our message really needs to be centered on that other person that we're meant to serve, that we want to invite in to our movement, that we are gathering. And if it's all focused on us, your people aren't going to feel like they belong there. And I think that's really what differentiates this and what you're doing is that that idea of social impact, because for me, so much of that messaging that's cliched and trite it is, is almost like. And, and, and I'm hearing it in what you're saying, you're not using the words, but like when people try and bend themselves like a pretzel to do what they think they should be doing in mm -hmm. business, instead of really getting to the essence of what lights them up and what lights up the people. Now, I see it like a, a bridge, right? <laughs> so that's how I see. Is that kind of how, because you you know, you're kind of talking in the same kind of language as me there. And I'm just wondering, do you see it in that way? Like, yes, it comes from the inside out. So it's got to be something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. But at the other side, they've got to find themselves in that somehow, or it's got to hook them in some way, I guess is what the marketers would say. <laughs> yeah, it's got to matter to them, right? right? It has to be relevant to them. Um, and, you know, like in my business, I work with a lot of people who have years of experience and deep expertise and what interests people who are experts don't doesn't really interest people who 
don't want that expertise because mm -hmm. in business, we're there to like apply our skills, our knowledge, our expertise to solve some type of problem, to help people in some way, shape or form. We're not there to make other people experts in what right. we do. Right. And I think that's one of the things is that sometimes we forget that, oh, I need to make what I know relevant to you. And that means I have to almost forget what I know so that I can assume your perspective. Now, talking about perspective, you said something before about when people are looking at the free writing, you were talking about the way what you look for and you finding things that people mm -hmm. can't necessarily find themselves, which makes me think how important working with you is or working with someone else to get that extra perspective that sometimes we're too close, aren't we, to our own work, I believe. Oh, 100%. I feel like one of the things I hear from people most often, and these are even people who do messaging and marketing for other people. Um, I, I, I do this for other people, but I can't do it for myself right. because we are too close. We forget about what how other people see our work and what makes our work brilliant for other people and it does sometimes take that outside perspective because i mean that's kind of what i do for my clients i come in and i'm like these are really important things and they're like oh i wouldn't have thought that that was important like that comes so easy to me i can just do that all the time i'm like <laughs> yeah and that's why it's important <laughs> to right. other people so yeah messaging is one of those things that it's you can do it for other people, you can't really do it for yourself. Mm. So, and I also feel like that's the other trap with messaging. It's like, I should be able to do this myself. I hear that from a lot of my clients. Like they struggle with it for years sometimes because they're gonna pull themselves up by their bootstraps and they're super smart and it's their area of passion. So of course they should be able to communicate about it. And I'm like, no, it's actually really hard for you to communicate about it because you need that that person who doesn't have that expertise to come in and really get to know the work and see what's important. So one of the things I think of as a myth out there is um, that, you know, the loudest person wins. <laughs> right. right. And it's almost like some some of the marketers that I see you know, it's almost like they could just put it in shouty capitals and, and hope that that's going to make it better. And it, it sometimes feels that way on the receiving end of some people's messages. Mm -hmm. But if it's not the loudest person that wins, what would you say to replace that kind of myth? I mean, what is it that's working? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I talk a lot about is this idea of being the overlooked expert. Mm -hmm. um, I, I often find my people who I attract to my own movement are extremely talented at what they do. They have years of experience, they get their clients results, their clients love them and refer them to everyone they know, but consistently they see themselves passed over for the people who are loud, the people with mm -hmm. the shiny marketing. And it, you know, I mean, that breaks my heart because I really like, 
I want the best qualified people to get to, to right. get hired and not the people who are the best at marketing. And I feel mm -hmm. like in online business, it's been that way for a long time. And for me, there are people are looking for your knowledge, your expertise, how you can, you know, like how you can help them. And then your mission becomes to figure out how to communicate that in a way that is relevant and urgent to them so that they know that you exist. Like that is actually how to win because I feel like there's becoming this backlash against the shiny marketers that take mm -hmm. up all the space because people get in the programs and they don't get the over-the-top results that were promised them in the marketing. Right, right. <laughs> and so they get jaded and then they're like, no, I, I have this problem. I need someone who really knows what they're doing to solve it. So I've got to ask you, like mm -hmm. three-word rebellion. Like one of the things we talk about at Sacred Changemakers is not always being the best in the world, but being the best for the world so I'd mm. love to ask you like what is this in service of for you what are you rebelling against <laughs> in your own words and you know what what is this all about for you yeah I mean for me I definitely am rebelling against the shiny marketing the bro marketing and the manipulation that we see in the marketplace I am definitely rebelling against pseudo experts who are just one step ahead of their clients. I hate that message. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, yes. no, I, and I, you know, it's also that rebellion against the formulas and just follow my five step blueprint and you too can be successful because business is so easy. And it's like, oh, mm. none of that. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and it does, it really breaks my heart to see people who are so talented and so good at what they do not be recognized and hired for their work. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like how I can change the industry is really by helping people who are the change makers, who are the experts, who are beyond committed to their clients, communicate that to the world so that they can be found, so they can surpass those shiny marketers and be the one that's actually known for the work that they do or their business is known for the work they do. Because I think if we see that happen, I feel like the industry would change for the better. Like there would be more good people doing good business that positively impacted the world instead of a bunch of people getting duped by pretty much what feels like get like, honestly, some of the online marketing just feels like a timeshare sales pitch. Right. <laughs> like, and I, you know, like I want, to put an end to that and really give real legitimacy to the online business industry. But it's going to take people who care about their clients and care about the results they get and care about the world to do that. And those unfortunately are not the people who are great at communicating what it is they do. And that's why I'm so pleased you brought it also to the kind of social movement kind of space, because, you know, in a way, 
what you're talking about in my map of the world feels like, and I'm going to sound really lofty now, so I'll probably like really attract your PhD persona coming in, but it feels (laughs) like elevating consciousness, dare I say that? But it actually does feel like that when you talk, Michelle, because it's it's reconnecting to the essence of what matters most and, and finding their own way of expressing and communicating their value. Which, of course, if you're if you're a true expert, a true thought leader in what you do, kind of comes naturally once you find, the, I think it takes courage to do it that way. So I'd love to know, I mean, do you think it's courageous to find your three-word rebellion? I do. I feel like it pushes <laughs> an edge for people. Right. I mean, A, it's like the work itself is deep. Like it is going to cause you to like prod into areas you probably have been afraid to admit to the world and kind of poke into those things and explore them. So the work is deep. And then to show up and lead with a message that is designed to repel certain people like a good three-word rebellion should repel the people you do not want in your movement (laughs) um but attract the right people and show up with that day after day week after week because one of the other mistakes I've seen people make with their messaging is they give it give up on it too soon. Because mm. like messaging is a long term strategy, it is not a quick fix. And it's one of those things when you have a three word rebellion, you have to be the champion of that message for a while before it starts getting that traction on its own. Mm. So don't give up. <laughs> And one of the questions that really struck me when I read your book was like, I I, I love, I really love the book. So I highly recommend it to anybody who's listening, do go and buy it and everything's in the show notes underneath. But what I wanted to ask you was, does a three word rebellion, does it evolve alongside somebody who is constantly growing and evolving themselves? Because when I look back at my life, I could almost see different three word rebellions at oh, different yeah. stages of my career and my business. Yeah. And I say in the book that the three word rebellion is written on paper, not your tombstone. Mm. <laughs> so, because I feel like it, well, it has a time and a place. So if you look at someone like Simon Sinek, he started with start with why. And I feel like his message, that message in particular, has its life of its own. People talk about it all the time. There are coaches not even associated helping people find their why. And that was all because of his work. But he then moved on to leaders eat last and the infinite game so that he could keep evolving his work. And this message is still thriving in the background. It's still doing great for him, but he's also been able able to evolve. And even in my own business, like if I think back before I had the three word rebellion, I was doing mostly public speaking coaching. And I would say my three word rebellion back then is speak for impact. And it was, I never loved it. Like it was good at the time it served the business and it expressed what I wanted to express. And then I found the three word rebellion. And so it's just like, I evolved and I'll probably evolve again because we aren't stagnant, but that's okay. But if you can get a good three to five years out of your message, you're doing really great. (laughs) 
I love that. I really do. And so, you know, thinking about this kind of social movement space, this three-word rebellion, you know, like, is, is there any advice you have for our listeners? I know we've been through a lot of it, but kind of mm-hmm. where do they start when they're thinking, okay, I now know messaging is important. And it's almost like now that they know this, what, what can they do? Mm. I would, you know, it's interesting because right now we're recording this in September and I am doing the Three Word Rebellion book club and we're reading the book through the lens of expertise. Like how can you use this to communicate your expertise? And one of the things that's not in the book, but I think is really important to do before you do this work is to really own your expertise. Mm. Um, And so I took them through this exercise that um, I can send you the link to this because it was a podcast episode. It's called I am the one who knocks and it's based off of a famous scene in Breaking Bad where Walter White really like owns what he created. And it's about writing a statement that says, you know, I am the one who has a PhD in communication. I am the one with 11 years of experience running my own business. And just listing all of the things so that you can say like, yeah, this is what I am bringing to the table in a well-rounded way. And I feel like we have to take that step first. Otherwise, then it's really hard to find the message because I want you to find your message from that place of power of owning what makes you the only of owning your expertise. And I feel like that is a step that people that I would love to see people do more of in online business is really, I think we've been told to kind of hide our expertise, like the about, like your about page is not about you. It's about (laughs) your potential client. No, your about page should be about you. Like, I want to know what makes you qualified. And so doing that kind of exercise where you kind of see in black and white of like, Ooh, I have really done the work Mm. to own what it is I do. I think that is such a powerful first step in creating that message. And I love how you put it right at the beginning, because as you're speaking there, I'm thinking I've had times in my life where I've worked with like brand people Mm -hmm. and we've we've come up with a brand and a messaging and everything. And then it's kind of taken me some time to just like you're saying, live into it, like lean Mm. into it and become and hold it at an identity level and of course that diffuses the energy behind it like if I stand here and say something and I'm not owning it we all know Mm -hmm. we all know don't we and so I love that you've put that right at the very beginning and 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 allowing that that three-word rebellion to emerge out of that power base that that real sense of who we are not Mm -hmm. just from what I, who I think I might be or have the potential to become or whatever. That feels a lot more flimsy now you've actually given voice to that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because I just feel like there are so many amazing people who are fantastic at what they do, but they haven't owned it. And when you can't own it for yourself, it's really hard to communicate it. So I just feel like that's such a crucial step. So let me ask you, Michelle, what are you passionate about at the moment in your business? I mean, what's alive for you right now? Yeah, I'm working on a new offer or 
like, and it's really funny to talk about it because I'm very clear on the vision and I have no idea what the offer looks like. <laughs> so uh, the vision of this offer is to gather overlooked experts to get them known and hired for their work. And I know it'll have like, uh, refining, refining and defining their message component. It's going to have, you know, how do we amplify this? How do we embody it? How do we show up mm -hmm. and get comfortable with it? Um, but I don't know what it looks like, but the goal of it is that I just, I just want experts who are awesome at what they do to kind of flood the online business space mm -hmm. and take it over and to do that they need each other so mm -hmm. i see this as a way to like gather them together in the same place <laughs> and really help them own their onlyness and create the message that actually gets their work into the world. So that's what I'm working on. So that's kind of like a bigger, like, cause mostly I've been working one-on-one. -on -one, so I am excited to be able to work with more people, to bring in people, to talk to them about things that aren't in my wheelhouse and really have the community not just depend on me, but depend on each other and the other people I'm able to bring in. Yeah. And when you talked about like that, what if they just flooded the market? I was just like, my whole body was just like a big yes. <laughs> like, let's do that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> that like, would be what amazing. if they flooded the yeah. market? That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That really would change things and shift things for the better. So I love that vision. I really do. So I'm noticing the time and I'm just thinking, okay, so, uh, you know, if there's something that you wanted to talk about today, something you wanted to share with our audience that maybe we haven't got to now it might be some words of wisdom that you want to leave our audience with it might be some inspiration or it might be a key part of what you do that we've missed um I'd love to hear what it is what might it be Ooh, yeah Ooh, I you know for me it, I keep going back to like just like the don't skip over the messaging part mm. like do that deeper work, figure out how to lead and lead people to the work that you do. Um, it's it's so easy to skip over it and be like, well, I'm going to market, I'm going to be on podcasts because I feel like all of that's sexier, right? Like it's so <laughs> sexy to like pitch yourself for podcasts and for speaking and for publicity, but doing that deep work of figuring out like, what do I stand for? Um, what is the problem I'm solve? Who am I working with? What is the change that I'm creating? What is possible when people achieve that change? Like that is the work that will serve you so well when you go out and do the sexy things with PR <laughs> and podcast interviewing or creating your own podcast. But it's like, don't skip that step because if you do, it's always going to be a struggle. You'll just kind of notice like, oh, I have to write social media posts, but I don't know what to say. Or, oh, I have to like do a podcast and I don't, I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not inspired. Where instead of being like, oh yeah, I am inspired. Cause look at all the things I have to talk about. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, my friend, for coming and stopping by the Sacred Changemakers podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today and I know our listeners will have got a lot from it. So thank you, Michelle. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> 
Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and links for our guests are in the show notes below. A big thank you to members of Coaches Business School who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And it's all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intentions and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.